Welcome to the VoiceOver Hustle. If you're in the business, you know voice acting is tough. Marketing your voiceover is really tough. If you're a voice actor who wants advice from industry professionals, marketing experts, and people who hire voice actors, this is the podcast for you. Now here's your host, Steve O'Brien. Not only is working from home popular these days, but working on the road is really popular. And I guess you could say it's really essential for a lot of people these days. So how well does your studio travel? Is it compact? Do you have redundancy? Does it sound as good as your professional home studio? We'll be talking to an expert today who's going to give us all kinds of great tips for your hustle. Our guest is a professional audio tech. He has literally written the book on voiceover, VO Studio Companion. To say the least, he's an expert about recording gear. Welcome back, Emmett Andrews, to the voiceover hustle. Thank you, Steve. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to talk to you, my friend. Um, what is the first step when talking or talking about or creating a portable road studio? Where do you like to begin? Uh, before we even get to the the building part, I, I want to jump in and, and say that everybody needs a, a road setup, whether they think they do or not, whether they think they want to work on vacation or not. It's something everybody needs for the simple fact that it is also a redundancy to your home studio. And you know, unless you're buying a, a backup of every piece of gear for your home studio, you've got a double duty piece there. Even if, if you only use it once as a travel rig, the rest of the time it's your safety net, it's your insurance for your home studio. So I think it's something everybody needs and I, I wanted to start there and uh, and put that out there that even if you're not big on working on vacation, which I understand, still a good thing to have just in case uh, you do choose to work on vacation because you have a gig that you can't pass up or uh, because uh, it's a backup for your primary home studio. So yeah, it's good just in case you have to go someplace other than your home. It doesn't have to be a vacation, as you said. Well, and uh, a couple of years ago, I had a, a ceiling fall in in my apartment and had to temporarily move to another apartment mm. I, right there. You know, I didn't have to stop down or do anything. I just grabbed my uh, grabbed my bag and could work in the new room uh, yep. as needed. Uh, so you just never know what's going to come up. And so it's worth the investment, even if you're somebody who says, I don't work on vacation, vacations aren't for work. I get it. It's still a good idea. Um, yep. So with all of that said, the uh, the first place everything starts is kind of with the microphone. That's what everybody thinks of first. Um, so we might as well just kind of go through the chain. Um, and there are a couple of uh, couple of ways to look at the microphone. Um, a lot of people want what they have in their home studio because it's going to match the closest to the sound that they're used to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then a lot of people say, well, I've invested a lot of money in that home studio. I don't want to invest in much, uh, as much in my mobile rig. And, and I think both of them have validity. Um, so the, the first piece comes down to, uh, budget, you know, do you, do you want to try to clone everything from your home studio or do you want something that's, that's going to sound really good? Maybe not as pristine as your home studio, um, and I, for me, either one works. Um, and it kind of depends on the mic style too. Um, if you're 
using a, a shotgun mic 416 at, at home, it mm-hmm. makes a really good travel mic too. Yeah. Uh, so in that case, I, I would say get the same thing or or something very similar um, because you're going to have that that same sound as home as well as the fact that uh, that mic is not so sensitive to moisture. It's rugged and it it's good at dealing with less than perfect acoustic environments. If you've got a like a U87 at home, maybe you don't want to travel with one of those. Um, <laughs> maybe you want to go for a U87 clone if that's your thing, or maybe you want to go in a totally different direction and look at a shotgun mm-hmm. mic because of all those other reasons that it makes a good mic. Um, so it, it, kind of anything with the mic is valid as long as you have that stuff in mind. Um, I know people who... Uh, use a, a 416 in their home studio and and travel with uh, one of the knockoff 416s or one of the inexpensive shotgun mics, and uh, and they're perfectly happy with it. It works great. Um, the Sennheisers rarely fail, so it's you're probably not going to have a mic failure and need that that extra redundancy. Uh, yeah. But if you do, you know they're not terrible. I think one of them is the uh, Audio Technica 875R. That one is less than 200 bucks and sounds very good. Um, Another one is the uh, uh, Cinco D2, which is pretty much exactly a 416 knockoff, um, Mm -hmm. about a quarter of the price and, and sounds close, close, not, not identical, but um, it's a good value and it, it costs enough less that if, you're a 416 owner, you would rather lose the uh, the Cinco than lose the 416 if that's something you're worried about. Next up would be a mic cable. Uh, that's that's an easy one, just something short and something reliable that's got a good warranty on it. And that's something I always say carry an extra of. Um, yep. It takes up no space, and if something's going to fail, it's it it could very potentially be that cable. Um, so always good to carry a spare cable. The interface, when we get to the interface, that's that's another one that's kind of like the mic, and, and it depends on just really what you want to be able to do. Um, mm-hmm. I travel with a Focusrite Scarlett 2i2, which is nowhere near what I use at home. It works just fine for me for for what I need it for for travel and stuff like that. It works great. It's small. It powers mm-hmm. the mic just fine. It's clean. It's quiet. It does everything I need. Um, I know some people who travel with a, a Universal Audio Apollo because they really want to yeah. duplicate what they've got at home. Um, and so again, that just that comes down to really how much you want. Um, how close you want it to be while you're on the road. Um, and I have even known people who have traveled with uh, with one of those padded rack bags and had some rack mount gear with them. That's not <laughs> something I would ever do. Um, but I, I have known people who have done that in the past. And then we get to the laptop. You know, what kind of laptop do you use? And um, people seem really worried to use something like the MacBook Air. They're worried that it's going to be underpowered. Pretty much anything modern 
is going to have enough power for the kind of work you're going to be doing on the road. And yeah. so if you like the MacBook Air, get a MacBook Air. I'm uh, my my travel rig has a, uh, a I think it's a 2011 model MacBook Air, or maybe it's 2013, but it is not a a recent model and it's it doesn't have a lot of power and it works just absolutely fine as a travel backup. When you talk about getting an interface, do you think it's important or maybe just less hassle to use something that is USB powered versus something that you have to take a DC converter for? It can be really helpful if it's uh, if it's USB powered only. Um, and that's a that's kind of a tough call for me um, because yeah. I like stuff that plugs into the wall. It adds a, a layer of reliability. Um, mm-hmm. sure. There are some that will work off bus power and also have that little that little plug in the back where you can you can give it DC power. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm a fan of those because then you can buy that plug and have it if you need it. And if you don't need it, run it off uh, run it off USB power. Um, but I, I and I know you've done this too. I work from my car a lot when I travel, yeah. and uh, it, it's hard to get power in a car. And so in that instance, it's great to have USB power. If you're working in a, a hotel room, then you've got DC, and it's no big deal. You know, another option, and I'd like, one of the things I always like about your thought process is that it's always redundancy, redundancy in. So taking an extra mic cord, taking two or three extra USB cords, uh, if you if you can put an extra USB hub in there, uh, that's not a bad idea either. The other thing in that is it's hard to take an extra interface, but... The Shure, I'm trying to think of the number on it. It's it's only 16-bit, so I wouldn't use it as your main, but it's a great backup. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, it almost looks like a thumb drive. Yep. It's so small. You're talking about the X2U. And, yes, and, X2U. Thank you. And, yeah, it, it's very small. It's it's an inline interface. It's, uh, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but it does make a good backup, and it doesn't take up any space in your bag. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, the other big thing when you're out on the road someplace that is not as reliable, and you and I were just talking about this, is the internet. Having a connection. So there's there's issues not with downloading things like uh, copy, but more so uploading your audio back, back and forth. Can you upload audio through like a hotspot? Uh, you can, and I have. Um so it's that's another thing. It's always good to know how the the hotspot system works on your phone, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes that hotspot is going to be better than the Wi-Fi wherever you are. Um, yeah, it's also I, I've also gone to Starbucks for that. Uh, Starbucks yeah. tends to have really solid free Wi-Fi, so mm-hmm. you know go record all the work, get it onto the computer, and then go have a frappuccino while I upload the stuff. Um, yeah. The, and another, you know, everybody uses WeTransfer anymore, for which is great for big files. Yep. Uh, another good source is your local library. Yep. Wherever you go, there's going to be a local library, and they're, they're usually a pretty good Wi-Fi. Yep. Yeah, that's another one. Uh, there, there are a handful of places that do well. Um, and really most hotels do pretty well. Sometimes you have to pay a few mm-hmm. extra bucks for it. 
if I'm if I'm doing paid work, it's well worth the seven dollars or whatever that I'm gonna have to pay for their their faster Wi-Fi. Um, yep. Especially if there is potentially a directed session involved, and that's something that's really iffy on the road. That's so heavily dependent upon the quality yeah. of Wi-Fi. Um, it makes me nervous. I've I've done a handful of them, um, but it's not my favorite thing to do. The, the, the biggest issue with uh, the connection I've found is live sessions. Yep. Uh, you know, we're on Source Connect now right now, and it's, a, it's seamless. I mean, it works great. But if you are on, um, if you're trying to do a live search or you're trying to do a live session while you're, you're on the road, uh, it can be difficult. You just don't have enough bandwidth a lot of times. Right, right. Something like Source Connect standard, um, it's it doesn't always work great over even good Wi-Fi, and if the Wi-Fi gets spotty, it it can just collapse. And yeah. um, so I I try to avoid that kind of stuff as much as possible. Um, mm-hmm. But I will also take a chance. Uh, of course, the client knows in advance that that I'm taking a chance here. I'm trying this, and I'll say, hey, let's let's give it a shot. If it doesn't work, can we fall back on? using the phone and do a directed yeah. session with a phone patch. Yeah. And FaceTime works great on a Mac. Yep. It's a great option. Um, the The biggest issue that, and I you pointed this out last time we talked, at your home studio, it sounds professional because of the sound treatment that you've done. You've, you've spent all this time and effort. Well, you can't always take that on the road with you. What, what are some ideas or options that you have? Well, I mentioned one, and I, I know that this is, uh, this is one that you prefer as well, if mm-hmm. you can, and that's to work from the car. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, a mutual friend of ours has told me about the way you, you prop the mic up into the... Uh, 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 the visor, uh, mm-hmm. and it tilts down at the right angle for you, that that style. Um, but cars in general work really well. Um, yeah. And the better the better made the vehicle, the, the more luxurious the vehicle, the better it works, the better it blocks outside noise, the more upholstery there is for absorption. Um, but I, I have done tons of stuff in, in cars when I've been traveling. Um, Nothing yep. lately because I haven't done any traveling in about a year and a half now. But uh, in the past, uh, I have I have absolutely a hundred percent confidence in parking the car somewhere quiet, turning off the engine, and doing a job. Um, it it sounds great. Uh, there are times when it gets a lot more difficult. My last trip to New York City, I was on the fifth floor of. Uh, of a hotel on a busy street. I didn't have my car because I flew. And uh, mm. taking care of the noise and the acoustics in that room was probably the biggest challenge I have come across. Yeah, that's that's difficult. So the way I solved that uh, in, in the New York City hotel room was to take the mattress and take the box spring and prop them up against the window um, and and try to block out all of that window sound that I could, all of that road noise, and then anything that I could prop up from around the room to build kind of a tent with the blankets and towels and whatever else I had, I got a pretty acceptable space going in there. It it was not great. There was still some level of noise, but it was it was workable. Um, 
and that's been that's been the hardest one I have had to try to work with. Um, every other hotel, I've never had to to contend with that level of noise before. It, it, I'm sure it kind of looked like the Who had been staying there with the mattress flipped <laughs> up and and everything. I, I, it's a it's a great picture in my mind, but that's a really brilliant idea to if you can move the mattress in front of the the where the sound is coming in. And the mattress itself, as one of the walls of your workspace, mattresses are are wonderfully absorbent, and the mattress will will help you by handling one quarter of the space that you need to cover. That's a brilliant idea. I love that. One thing that I do. One, if I whether it's uh, Verbo or it's Airbnb or a hotel, I always ask ahead of time for extra pillows and blankets. So when I come in, there's usually a big stack of pillows. And I use the bathroom a lot where I will set up in there. It's already got a rack that you can hang blankets on. It's got places to put pillows. But if you take a blanket and you throw it over the door and then close the door with the blanket in it, it will act like weather stripping and keep the sound out. So my wife has been in the other room like watching TV while I'm in there voicing things and I can't hear her. It's amazing. I think that's so interesting because I, I think of when I think of bathrooms, you know, I think of big echoey places and it's not not something I have I have ever tried and and it gives me some good ideas. I mean it's it's yeah. good to know that you've made that work. Yeah. It's not ideal. Now, that brings me to this. Do you have like two different setups like for if you're driving someplace or if you're flying? Because if you're flying, you can't take as many things. I do not. Um, I, I spent some time really figuring out how to make everything fit into uh, a TSA-approved backpack. <laughs> and uh, I, I've got this uh, this great backpack that I got as a gift that that. TSA likes it, and it's considered a laptop backpack because it's got a part that unzips for the laptop. But um, but it just holds everything that I need. It's got a small stand in it. It's got headphones. It's got all my cables. It's got a surge protector, um, a, a shock mount that I don't even usually bother with. It's got the mic. It's got a portable recorder. It's got the interface. Um, it's It's got an extra mouse in there. It's yep. it's got everything that I need in this backpack, and really the only thing that it does not have is the acoustic treatment. Um, so mm. for me, and I, I don't have any acoustic treatment that travels. So for me, it's the same setup. I know some people have something like the uh, the tri booth that uh, that George Whittem put together, um, yep. and that travels really well. Um, yep. it, a little harder to take on a plane, but if you're if you're traveling on the road. That's a great solution to take with you, and then you don't have to mess yeah. with anything when you get there. You throw up your tri-booth, and you've got workspace. Um, you could mail it ahead of time to yourself. I've heard of people doing that, too. I, I hear people do that a lot at the uh, the voiceover conferences. They'll, they'll ship the stuff to themselves ahead of time, so it's waiting for them when they get there. And that's probably a less expensive option than having to check all of that on an airplane. That could cost you easily over $100 both ways. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're trying to do any kind of acoustic solution, I wouldn't try to take it on an airplane. I use the um, vocal booth to go if I'm driving someplace. And it works great. I take a really durable, hefty mic stand that can, that can hold about 100 pounds. 
and I set it on top of that, and away I go. It works great. Uh, something else that you should think about, if you're going to be traveling international, not everybody is on the same power supply that we are. That's uh, that's a good point, and I don't know that I can speak with any level of expertise on that because the, the last time I traveled out of the country was you know, close to 25 years ago. Uh, and I went to Europe, and we had these uh, these little adapter things. And I would imagine that there is a- at least somewhat improved technology from when when I was there. Uh, but it's it's definitely something that that you have to keep in mind and consider. And uh, and if you're using some kind of plug adapter, uh, make sure it's good quality because you don't you don't want to take any chances with damaging the gear. Yeah. Most countries are not, their power grid is maybe not as stable as ours is. And so what I do is take a power strip uh, surge protector that has adapters for it. So it'll work in about any country. So that protects your stuff, whether you're plugging in your phone, whether you're plugging in your laptop, that extra surge protection just gives me a level of comfort that, you know, my equipment's not going to get damaged while I'm overseas uh, due to a you know, a bad surge, it's going to come down the way. Sure. Is there anything else that any kind of like MacGyver type activity you've done on vacation that you're like, you recommend? I have not had to do a whole lot. I, I mean, I've, I've done the car plenty of times. Every chance I get, that's my, that's my first choice because it's, mm-hmm. it's the easiest and it works well. Um, and then the the second choice, the second most I've done is just various hotel pillow forts and tipping the couch up on end, standing the mattresses up, stuff like that. Whatever, whatever I can do to to make it work. But other than the the one in in New York, which took a lot of extra thinking to to find something that would work at all. Um, the others, it's it's a pretty simple, straightforward process of just building a pillow fort and seeing how it sounds. And, um, I haven't gotten too extravagant with anything else. Um, I have seen all kinds of different setups from people. Um, some of them make a lot of sense. Some of them I would never try in a million years. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I know Jeff Berlin travels with a, uh, a kid's tent and the reason he does that is because it makes like a, a a sphere that he can put around him that he can then throw blankets over the top of. And that's his setup is this this kitty tent with a bunch of blankets. And you know, Jeff Berlin could make anything sound wonderful. I mean, he can he can yeah. do the uh, the cup with a string attached to it and sound great. But yeah, um, he could be in the middle of Times Square and make it sound good. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. that's that's Jeff. But I I would imagine that 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 kitty tent setup works pretty well if you don't mind carrying along a, a little kid's tent and sticking your head into uh, a pink Dora the Explorer tent. Do you recommend people set up a gate in their software? I recommend people get help setting up a gate in their software Um, because gates can sound so bad if they're not done right, Um, but they can really, really help if they are done right. And Mm -hmm. so that's one of those things, unless, unless you're really, really 
technically proficient, and then by all means do what you want, and you don't need my permission to do it. Uh, but for anyone who is not super technically proficient and really, really comfortable working with gating, uh, I would I would say have someone else help with your processing, especially if you travel a lot. Um, I've done processing for people specifically for the purpose of travel, um, mm. and it, it, we we kind of do the best we can to simulate a bunch of different hotel room sounds. Um, mm-hmm. I, wor- I worked with one person who went from room to room in their house. I said, you know, go to each bedroom in your home and record a sample there. And then I kind of aggregated those and, and found sort of an average and said, okay, this can be a, a simulation of what this is going to sound like in a hotel room or in an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And then built the processing off of that, kind of factoring in each thing from each different room. And uh, and it came out pretty well. And she uh, she had to do some work from a hotel room a few days later and was really, really pleased with, uh, with the results. And the clients had no complaints. And so I thought that was a win. Uh, but I would say absolutely get help, use a gate, use whatever processing it's going to take to make it sound right. Um, that's kind of different than, than what I say for the home studio, which is to get it the best you can without using any processing, uh, before Mm -hmm. you even think about processing when you're on the road, absolutely noise reduction, gating, whatever it takes to make it work. As far as mic stands, I don't know if you've ever used, I have a couple. I use uh, just a desk uh, mic stand, which works pretty good. Um, I don't take any kind of shock mount with me because it's just something extra for me to carry. What I do sometimes take is a Stage Ninja, which is uh, a mic stand that has a clip. And so you can actually clip it onto like in a closet on the top bar or something like that. So your mic hangs down or, and I found that to be very, uh, a, a very nice uh, option. I don't own one, but I know others do. And, uh, and I've, I've seen the pictures and it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, it's, th- those are a great product. Um, they're small to store and probably the most versatile type of mic stand you could take with you. Mine's just a, a small desktop tripod stand that I found. I, I couldn't even tell you the, the brand name on it, but it was less than $20 and it does the trick just fine. It breaks down to be real compact. And uh, as long as I've got a desk to sit at, it's fine. Or even if I need to sit on the floor, it will get tall enough that I can, I can sit cross-legged on the floor and work that way if I need to. Emmett, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, the best way is to probably uh, either either go to my website, which is emmettandrews.com, or uh, give me a search on Facebook. If, uh, uh, if we don't have any mutual friends, send me, uh, send me a message and, and let me know. Chances are, if you're active in voiceover at all, we'll have a bunch of mutual friends. And if I see the request come through, I'll, I'll take it. So, um, uh, glad to glad to chat with pretty much anyone anytime. I love talking shop. You know that. There's something about talking voiceover. There's just uh, 
It's always fun to connect with people and, and hear their ideas and, and hear all of their experiences and stuff. Emmett, thanks for coming on again. He is the uh, author of the VO Studio Companion. I have one in my studio. You definitely should have one in yours. Thanks for coming on again, Emmett. Thank you so much, Steve. Thanks for listening to The VoiceOver Hustle with Steve O'Brien. Check out our website, thevoiceoverhustle.com. You can sign up for the newsletter, read the blog, and I'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast.